folks. Welcome to another episode of Catch Up, the podcast about contemporary hip-hop that examines where hip-hop has been, where it's going, and where it is. I'm Jordan Suomi. And I'm James Rathbone. And, uh, you know, we just want to thank you guys. We've gotten, we've gotten a lot of great feedback recently from some of our newer episodes, um, the Rico Nasty one, and especially the Kid Cudi one. Mm-hmm. So we want to shout out everyone who's been shouting us out for that uh, that episode. We really appreciate the love, and uh, we got a lot more where that, where that came from. I, uh, I, I, in my life, have tried to adopt like a sort of John Wayne type attitude about positive feedback where I tell myself I don't require it. And then I experience it, you know, uh, and I love it. I'm addicted now. Give me more positive <laughs> feedback. It makes, you know, it means all the world. And uh, I'm, I'm very grateful to uh, all our listeners who've blessed the timeline or best blessed the DMs with some some nice words that's really nice do you think that you uh you were kind of like were avoiding positive feedback because you never got any and it just is left you bereft yeah yeah that's That's interesting yeah so before we get into this episode's topic which is playboy cuddy let's just do or playboy cuddy uh playboy cardi playboy cardi playboy cuddy um anyway Playboy Cardi, uh let's we want to do some quick housekeeping yeah we should do some housekeeping once again uh if you're listening to this and you haven't followed us on instagram why not? What's yeah. wrong with you? Um, we don't. We, we're not like overposting. No, we we're don't. We like. You know, we're just. You know, we're 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 resharing posts that other people have made. We're showing a little bit of love. Like that's it. So hit us up. It's at, at Catch Up Podcast. So talk to me about the Patreon, James. Uh, well, you know, making this podcast. I mean, we we there are certain expenses that come with it, as as well as our time. Uh, you know, I know it's a hard time for a lot of people out there, so you know we're not expecting this from everybody. But if if you you know enjoy the podcast, you know we've been doing it for some time now. If you want to, you know, just show us a little support, um, you can sign up for the Patreon of uh, it's Patreon.com/slash/CatchUpPodcast, mm-hmm. and uh, and there's various tiers you can support. I mean, even like a couple dollars is is helpful for sure. Um. But, you know, if you spend a little bit more, there's some perks that come with it, mm-hmm. you know? So, yeah. Custom playlists. Custom playlists. For instance. Yeah. And, uh, um, you know, some other stuff. Gossip. Gossip. I'll tell you secrets of my friends. Yeah. For sure. I'll um, do that. You know, uh, life advice. Yes. We, we, we can give you life advice. Open for that. Yeah. Um, yeah like a bunch of things. Yeah. And, and we're going to we're gonna do all of them. Um, and once again, like, give us a, a review. We haven't gotten any iTunes reviews in a while, and uh, we, we need some love. So... Right now, I think we have like 120 reviews or something like that, yeah. and like a five star average. So we want you to to, to keep bolstering those numbers. So yeah, please. If you haven't written us a review, this is something that costs no money. You know, it's a way to show support for the podcast. It makes sure that we're seen by more people. It helps us grow. It would be really nice if by the next time we record, we had like five, maybe ten more. Yeah, that would be incredible. That's 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 a small increase. So like five, ten of you listening haven't haven't done. It. Even if you're not really a big iTunes person, yeah, just just. Maybe sneak over there. Show us some love. Anyway, so before we get into uh, this episode, we're gonna we're gonna take some questions. So we, we put a call out to our our lovely listeners on Instagram, and uh, we got quite a few questions coming back. So we're gonna ask a few of them. Um, so the first one is from Trevor okay. Twells. Uh, it is why is Funkmaster Flex so angry? Mm. And I think this is in relation to a recent quote that. Flex, uh, Flex put out about Jay Z, and he says that Jay Z won't get on the internet because he's too sensitive, right? Um, and it just seemed like a weird thing to be like criticizing somebody for. It's pretty funny. It is funny, but it's like more people need to not be on the internet. In my Th- opinion, that's a good point. <laughs> like, it's crowded. If if 
you know, if I could not be in the internet, I would. Yeah. Jay Z's also kind of old, you know. Like, was what we definitely don't need more old, older people on the internet. Ageism, right here on the Ketchup Podcast. Like, okay, but at the same time, boomers going on Facebook, like, almost toppled Western democracy. (laughs) (laughs) Just counterpoint. That's fair. And and Jay Z's almost a boomer. Yes, he is. He is. Uh, Yeah. I mean. I don't know. Flex is like, I think Flex is a guy that, you know, he seems to feel threatened by the democratization of voices in hip hop. Mm -hmm. And so he's always kind of trying to bring it back to that very New York centric. It's got to be about bars kind of thing, Mm -hmm. you know, and he feels the need to kind of constantly reassert his position Mm -hmm. as one of the longtime gatekeepers of the genre. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the other thing I'll say is, like, it's kind of, for better or worse, part of, like, radio personalities' mm. job to, like, get in the conversation. That's true. You know? It's they don't true. make work in the same way, for the most part. Uh-huh. Outside of, like, an maybe an interview or whatever that is going to draw attention to themselves in the way that, like, an artist puts out an album, That's you know? Right. Or whatever. So, um, with... Uh, with Flex, like it's okay. He he was like one of the biggest deals in the world in hip hop in like 1995. I think it also should be said that Funkmaster Flex is a living legend. Yeah, straight up. Yeah, like he is a legend in hip hop. Yeah. Period. Like yeah. we we people. I mean, you see artists give Flex the love, but I feel like you don't see fans like properly put that respect on his name. Like mm-hmm. I think it's easy to make fun of him and criticize him for, you know, a variety of things. And like mm-hmm. he makes himself a caricature. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have to acknowledge his position in the game and he's a legend. Yes, absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, so I, I, yeah, I, I don't, when something like this happens, it's like, you know, he also put out a list of, of his like be- the best rappers yeah. with a f- really funny thing where it was like questionable pen. For asterisks. people who, who've been accused of using ghostwriters like yeah. Drake and uh, Kanye West. Yeah. Part of the thing that's kind of funny about that, and we mentioned this on the podcast before, is that most rappers, after they reach a certain level of success, and certainly some of the other people listed on there, have some level of ghostwriting happening. That's true. You know, a people from artists um, as wide a a swath as like, you know, um, Wu-Tang, members of Wu-Tang to 50 Cent Mm. to Nicki Minaj Mm -hmm. to, I mean, really so many people uh, have actually had that charge thrown at them. A lot of this stuff is like in the liner notes. Like if you, so there's a guy, a rapper who was kind of, who had a moment in the, in the 2000s named Young Berg. Um, who goes by the name Hitmaker now. Um, and if you just look at his production credit, he has a lot of production credits. And some of them are probably straight producer jobs, but some of them are writing jobs. Mm-hmm. And he's done this for a litany of major artists. So like it's, it's kind of like hidden in plain sight in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. A lot of times it just gets put as a production credit. Yeah. But like that's the kind of like, it's like a writer's credit, basically. Yeah. So anyway, all this to say... Why is Funkmaster Flex so angry? You know, for He's variety of reasons. <laughs> That's the reason, honestly. He probably was always angry, uh, but now it's because he's old. Hey, I can't wait for that to happen to me. Don't uh, be long. <laughs> <laughs> Fair well, point. Although men are supposed to soften over age, they say. Uh, not me. Not you. Um, You're okay. harden up. You're so a bit we, we, soft right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> if you say so. Um, so we got, a, we got a question from uh, R.I.P. Keenan Harris on Instagram. The question is, 
this one's a little more straightforward. It's like, will you ever do an episode on Brockhampton? Do you mm. like them? I think, so will we ever do an episode on Brockhampton? Yes. Mm-hmm. I think probably when their next album comes out, we'll talk about it. Mm-hmm. Do you like them? Um, I did, and I, I, I do. I do like them. I like them a lot more when they first came out. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually wrote a profile of them for this uh, fashion retailer that does editorial called Essence. Um, it's online if you search Essence Brockhampton. Um, I spent a few days with them, and I went to a few of their concerts in Toronto, Montreal, and it was like a very interesting time and an interesting time in in their careers is when they still had uh, Amir Van, who was like a rapper in the crew who was like kicked out shortly after. I think actually I did the profile of them um, because of like you know just uh, he was accused of sexual violence by multiple people, and uh, they kicked him out of the group. He has since like returned to the rapping as rapping as a solo artist. Um, and I feel like that whole and there was a lot of you know questions about you know what members of Brock Hepton knew when and they kind of rose to fame on this really kind of like radical inclusivity positivity kind of vibe and I think for a lot of people this moment and the the way that it was handled and I think just like there was just like a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths around Amir Van it's like in a, in a sense of like people feeling like there's no way that they couldn't have known or something like right. that right I mean whatever I'm not even gonna get into all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's just like, I feel like even for me, this scandal kind of did damper my right. interest in the group in mm-hmm. a way. Like, it's like, I just, and now, you know, they, you know, they've, they've grown up so much because they're like, they're young as hell. They're all like in their, you know, they're, they were teenagers or in their early twenties. Um, and they've gone on to, you know, continue to, to be a lot bigger. They're on a major label and they're, you know, hanging out with like Frank Ocean or, mm-hmm. you know. A variety of celebrities but um yeah I do, I do feel like the the initial like diy like kind of like it's a small family of young teens making music friendly odd future vibe. friendly odd future that when that vibe kind of left the group mm-hmm. around it, it really kind of dampened dampened my interest in them a bit right right yeah i was never i can't say i for whatever reason i don't really know why i never really got too into them but i, uh, I think i know why why? They're they're happy young people. That's true. that's everything that you hate. Yeah, that's true. That's um, true. Yeah. Anyway, I would I would I would like an episode as an excuse to kind of like go through them because I'm not going to do it on my own. Yeah, fair. They got some interesting music and videos. Yeah, I've heard a few of their songs and I have enjoyed them. So I don't. It's like it's not it's not a, like a, a dislike. It's just not my type of thing that I'm going to seek out on my own. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, we got a bunch more questions, but I don't know if we should go through them. Should we just get into Playboy Cardi? Yeah, I think so. Unless there's something that is really that we need is is to more time is time pressing. This is a very time pressing one. Um, this is from Elliot. Okay. The question is, what is your favorite Playboy Cardi outfit and why? Mm. I should also mention that James is wearing a Playboy Cardi shirt right now. Mm-hmm. It's an extremely nice shirt. It's also uh, a shirt that is like I think in some ways potentially problematic for a white man to wear. Yeah. <laughs> You know, this is the kind of line I like to, to walk at times, right? Like, I can't, I, I'm, 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 I know where, the, what limits I can push. That's true. Um, I don't even know if I want to describe this shirt. I think, <laughs> I think what we'll do is we'll just put the shirt in the, uh, in the episode description. Right. And, like, imagine this on, like, a long-haired white man. Yeah. There's probably a photo of me out there somewhere wearing it. That's true. You've worn it while DJing, for yeah. sure. Um, so, would you have a favorite Playboy Cardi outfit? Mm, I mean... Like, I like it when he's wearing like leather pants and like high heels, uh-huh. and you know, and like, <laughs> like, like, you know, it's the more flamboyant the outfit, the more I like it. I agree, you I know. Agree. Um, yeah, I think, 
Um, I think that there's a couple of like, uh, I would have to, it's been a while since I've seen them, but I feel like there was, I've, I've seen a couple editorial looks for him where he is really wearing some like outrageous sort of Rick Owens just kind of clothes that regular people just can't pull off and mm. he looks just, he looks really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know if I have, I have one. I'd have to go back and look there you know there's some really good photos in uh, the faders cover story about him mm-hmm, and also mm-hmm. in the G- recent gq story yeah. from like this uh i guess 2020 um yeah all right let's get into this play with cardi episode let's do it so read the description and you listen to the first part of this episode you know we're talking about playboy cardi but before we get into cardi's history leading up to this album whole lot of red i want to tell a story about travis scott that i think is very instructive for playboy cardi so in 2013 um i was i interviewed travis scott and it was for noisy um vice's uh music website and it, the interview was set to take place at the Stussy store in Toronto, which is at Ossington and Queens. So it's like right at the heart of like the uh, gentrified hipster <laughs> universe mm-hmm. of the city. So anyway, I, I go down to uh, the Stussy store and, you know, I my interaction with Travis Scott at that point, he'd only put out one project and it was Al Farrow. Mm-hmm. And I listened to it, I think it's six songs. And it's like, it's okay. It's mm-hmm. fine. Mm-hmm. It's like... It to me it was like very like clearly derivative mm. of like a lot of other artists. Like you could see the Kid Cudi influence, you could see the Future influence, mm-hmm. you know, you could see like some Gucci Mane influence. And it, it, it I, but at the time there was a lot of hype around Travis Scott, and mm-hmm. I didn't really get it. Mm-hmm. Like I remember even at that time there was already like rumored that like Ti wanted to sign him and Kanye West wanted to sign him, and then I think he was signed to a deal with both Ti and Kanye West. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what are they seeing? This? I, it was very confusing to me. I didn't really because I didn't really see it in the music, right? But anyway, I get to, I like some of the songs. Anyway, so I get down there, and um, the store is just like packed with teenagers, like mm. packed mm-hmm. to a degree that like was almost confusing to me because I'm like, for, I was like, this guy, it's like this guy. Yeah, I, I just didn't really get it because it just wasn't in the music, you know, right. for me at least not at the time. Yeah, but then so when Travis Scott shows up, the kids are going insane, and mm. I was just like, once again, just like really taken aback. Like I just couldn't believe that he already had such fervent fans. Mm-hmm. Um. So, but, but there was something about him that is like so insanely compelling, you know, like you, you just, you could see it from even then. It's like that he held himself, he walked around the way that he looked, he had that kind of innate, uh, you know, star power, star power. Yeah. That's like something that you can't, that is like, you can't create that. It's just some, some people, you either have it or you don't. Mm -hmm. And to me, that is the same situation as Playboy Cardi. Yeah. You know, Playboy Cardi first broke onto the scene um in probably like 2015 2014 Mm -hmm. and he was hanging out with the guys in awful records which is like a kind of very diy atlanta based kind of rap crew Mm -hmm. um that's headed by this guy named father and some of you are probably familiar with him but you know they're they're really an extremely influential like kind of like collective Mm -hmm. that you know we someday i think we should do a uh, episode on them yes that's true i think that's a really good idea well, you know, if you think about people that came out of that circle, there's Father, of course, Abra, mm-hmm. the singer. Mm-hmm. Then you have like I Love McConan, mm-hmm. OG Macau, OG Maco. Uh, yeah, even uh, Zach Fox, who's like one of the funniest oh, people yeah. on the internet, is an awful records dude. You yeah, know? yeah, like I mean, you guessed it is like to me the it's like there's so many songs that on like both like the style of the vocals and the beat like influence mm-hmm. you know from the last ten years. 
Yeah, and so I was listening in preparation for this episode. I was listening to some of the early Playboy Cardi songs from like his days with Awful Records, mm-hmm. and like none of them are really that special. Mm, yeah. Um, but watching the videos, you just there's just like this hypnotic quality to Playboy Cardi. You know, mm-hmm. he's like, and it, and I think this comes up later in his career when we get into like the fashion stuff that he's doing, and he's mm-hmm. like starts modeling. Like he is like very attractive. He's got a very distinctive like mole on his face. Like he has a look. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? He, mm-hmm. he it's like. He's he's got like he cuts an indelible image, I would say. Yeah, and uh, I mean, <clears throat> I think part of understanding or appreciating uh, Cardi is is that he is not sort of trying to exist in the same vein, traditional vein as other rappers. You know, I don't think that's not really who he has ever been. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and I don't mean to, to just to be like he's different. Uh, I mean it in the sense that like he's he's not it's like he's not um he if if rap is sort of changing and like the the, the what it means to be a rapper is changed like Cardi is like the most emblematic maybe of, mm. of that mm-hmm. as, as much as anyone. Yes. Do you so do you remember it's his breakout song was a song that came out in 2015 it's called Broke Boy. Yes. And I remember this causing like uh an unusually large stir and because when I heard the song, I was like, "This is fine." I mean, yeah. it, it grew on me. Like, and over time, like I've I, now I go back to it and I really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. But at first, I just completely did not get it. Yeah, I was just kind of like, "This is a fine song," but I don't get why people are so, you know, fervently obsessed with this guy. Hmm. I I felt sort of a similar way. I mean, I um, I, I felt like he was uh, yet another sort of SoundCloud rapper. It sounded that it all sounded sort of. There was a lot of of rappers then, still are that sort of were in this young thug light mm-hmm. sound, and he hadn't really found his 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 sound at that. My opinion, mm-hmm. like you can hear in Broke Boy, what is to come to some degree, but it's like if he had never progressed past that sound, I don't think he really would have been anyone that special. I absolutely agree, but I do think it's 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 uh, useful for us to listen to Broke Boy. So here's a little bit of Broke Boy by Playboy Cardi. Why should I keep jugging all these broke boys? In a mall buying ice cause he a broke boy hey, I can't even kick it with these broke boys He come to buy a pack of seal broke boy Bitch I'm going through the set cause I'm no broke boy uh, Running up the check on these broke boys Okay but then in uh, 2016 or so And he starts palling around with ASAP Rocky and, and company mm-hmm. And he appears on the ASAP Mobs cozy tapes uh, The first volume yeah, he like Cardi obviously uh, must have had something because even before he really became who he who he is now, he was just able to network with like some of the people who the best, the coolest established people in rap, mm-hmm. as well as the a lot of interesting up and comers. Like he was also tied to uh, um, like Chief Keith early on as well and kind of did stuff with like yeah some kind of glory boys stuff um and well his whole thing with even even his awful records connection he was like became friends with key when he was in high school and then would go around with him with him to like house parties and stuff like that right um so he's like he's just like one of those people this is also something that uh, people have criticized him for Mm -hmm. for being kind of like because even you know he starts palling around with asap he eventually signs to asap rocky's uh label with interscope Mm -hmm. um but and people have criticized him for saying that he just like kind of left all the off world records guys, and they don't seem to have very positive things to say about no, him. No, I imagine not. Um, but it's like he 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 does give. It does for some people like seems like very 
uh, social climbing, mm-hmm. but it's the music industry. Like that's like what's, it's, it's a, a business, yeah, you know, yeah, it's a yeah, job. Yeah. Like, um, but outside of that, Playboy Cardi has said in this in the in the Fader profile of him, he said that like he basically says it's all them and it's not me. You know, well, yeah. I'm sure <laughs> that's is, the case. Yeah. Yeah, I know it's, it seems unlikely, but yeah. like that is what that is what he says. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so he starts palling around with ASAP and, and gang, and um, he gets on the freshman list in 2017, mm-hmm. um, and then he puts out his uh, self titled project, which is Playboy Cardi. I remember. So I remember uh, that this record came out the same day as Kendrick Lamar's Damn. Hmm. And I remember, I think, posting in the Boozy Fig group, like, how, after this guy who has not put out anything, waits has waited years after, like, the momentum has died off, like, the one sort of song he's had, releases his album on the biggest release day, arguably. I mean, obviously, Kendrick Lamar and Playboy Cardi don't, fans don't necessarily always dovetail, but, like, hmm. it was, I was just like, there were so many days this year that you could have put this record out, and you chose the one where you're going to probably get the least amount of co- coverage the funny thing is that i uh i like damn but i that record is one of my favorite records of the last the playboy cardi one. the playboy cardi one mm-hmm. self-titled is like uh yeah my la- the last five years is one of my most listened to records and one of my favorites mm-hmm. i guess one thing we should mention in the intervening years between when broke boy came out and him signing to the asap rocky label is like that the hype around him started to build in this way that like is still you know exists to this day mm-hmm. where he where basically he has this like incredibly dedicated obsessive fan like group of fans mm-hmm. and they track his every move yeah they you know they're just obsessed with him releasing more music mm-hmm. and like we'll get into this when we get to the whole lot of red but even the distance between albums is actually not that long i know but, but the fans felt, felt make like it, it seem like it's like waiting for detox yes you know yeah, for like sure. Um, so when he released the, the self-titled album, that was at, there was still already like the kind of like hype around when's Playboy Cardi going to drop. Mm-hmm. Um, so this, this, uh, album had some massive songs on it. Mm-hmm. The, probably the, the two that you probably know best are Magnolia mm-hmm. and, uh, woke up like this with Lil Uzi Vert. Yeah. And this is another thing about Playboy Cardi, like, cause I, I liked this, the album when I first heard it, but I think what really made it transcend for me was being able to listen to it while DJing and mm-hmm. like seeing how people react to it. Mm-hmm. Like Magnolia is just a, you know, one of those songs that's it's like, like a classic. It's from the moment you hear, you hear it, you're like, this is special and yeah. this is different. And there's, there's a vibe to it. Yeah. You know? I, I was living in New York at the time when that came out and, um, there was, I remember just, I would walk down the street and like. You know, there's a bunch of schools near where I lived in the Lower East Side, and the the ki- there were like these like you know sort of kids in their early teens who would just be like singing like in New York I'm Millie Rock like wow. I, everywhere I went. Wow. Yeah, and then wow. like that, it would be I would be like listening to the record on my uh, on my phone, and, I, and then hearing kids like singing along to I mean the, the single obviously, but I was just like this is such a vibe right now, and and uh, and just like it was like I you know I don't know that kind of thing really is impactful mm-hmm. and uh and you know I, I for me i really just i felt like he on that record perfected this the this certain like trend in like that sort of young thug started sort of the sound cloudy thing of this sort of abstraction of of what some people refer to as mumble rap but to me it's like whatever this, the soundcloud trap thing is he he like just deconstructed it. He didn't, you know, he he didn't try and approach it in the way of like a regular written uh like 
rap song, like sixteen bars of punchlines and whatnot. He's it's it's like he he just strips it down mm-hmm. to the most. Mi- to, it's like minimalist abstraction to me. That's how I I look at it. Mm-hmm. We'll get into that more a little later, but let's listen to a little bit of uh, Magnolia from Playboy Cardi's self titled debut mixtape. In New York, I'm Millie Rock. Hiding in my socks. Running from a up. And I shoot that up. And I'm on the block. And I'm on the block. In New York, I'm Millie Rock. Hiding in my socks. Hiding in my socks. Selling every rock. In New York, I'm Millie Rock. Hiding in my socks. Used to sell every rock. Running from the cop. Shooting at the ops. So this debut project is massive. Um, you know, besides the two hit singles with with uh, Magnolia and Woke Up Like This, it just announces Playboy Cardi as a force to be reckoned with on mm-hmm. the on the scene. Mm-hmm. He gets nominated for uh, the BET Hip Hop Awards. It like he gets nominated for Best New Artist and Best Mixtape. Mm-hmm. You know, so he's getting love from the establishment. His fan base of like unruly teenagers and James Rathbone are going crazy, <laughs> obsessed with his every move. Um, but he he really just became a star, and mm-hmm. he still was you know was feeling a bit on the underground side, like he because it's like we'll get into this you know in a bit, but like Playboy Cardi is not for everyone. No, and when we get to talking about the whole lot of red, we'll really kind of dig into that. But mm-hmm. but I think that you know what he's showing at this point is that he's already establishing himself as somebody that is liked by the cool kids and has connections to the establishment, and I think it helps to be with ASAP Rocky, mm-hmm. and um. And I think that's also a good analog for the kind of career path. You know, somebody like Playboy Cardi was would be coveted by every major label. Mm-hmm. It's really telling that he decides to sign with ASAP Rocky, mm-hmm. and it's also you know his you know his his enjoyment with of the fashion world mm-hmm. and later like widespread acceptance in the fashion world mm-hmm. also mirrors ASAP Rocky's. Yes, yeah, he 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 is sort of like almost like an ASAP Rocky combined with a Chief Keef. Like that is kind of who he is interesting you know especially the later sort of chief keef of you know where he is the more again like compared to like um don't like or when he's like a little bit harder Mm -hmm. like i feel like chief keef of 2014 2015 onward where chief keef starts to go in lots of little what you might call more experimental directions i feel like that that side of 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 keef that it's, makes sense to me. And it's yeah. also interesting, if you listen to Playboy Cardi's early stuff, it's so Chief Keef influenced. Yes. Like, the, yeah. some of the awful record stuff is just like, you're like, this is like a Chief Keef cover act. <laughs> like, yeah. like, not exactly, but it's so clearly influenced by him. One of the things I used to say about um, Playboy, why I liked Playboy Cardi, like, sell the self-titled record so much, is I would, like, one of my favorite songs by Chief Keef, and if you listen to this podcast, you know how much we both really like Chief Keef, mm-hmm. is a song called Sitko. Yes. And I was like, Chief Keef took Sicko, which is a song that kind of is unique in in um, Chief Keef's catalog. And he's like, I'm just going to make every, I'm going to make Sicko over and over again. And I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, because that's ba- that like Sicko by Chief Keef, which came out, I think, in 2012. Yep. Is basically the template for Playboy Cardi. Yeah. And, and you know, Sicko's massively influential. You can hear influence from it from like on like from artists as diverse like post malone mm-hmm. and like sway lee like it's it just is like permeated the rap world yeah um anyway uh so then after that that self-titled album comes out and is like makes playboy cardi a big star 2018 is when his debut album comes out um which is you know 
you know, whatever the, the, the designation between mixtape and album is like, who cares at this point, yes, you know? Yeah. But, um, so the album's called Die Lit. The cover is excellent. Mm-hmm. It's like, fr- looks like it's like a, at a punk show. Someone's doing a front flip. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it really matches like, you know, the aesthetic that, that Playboy Cardi is going for. And I think this album is where he really elevates this, 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 you know, the sound and really is like starts pushing, I think the boundaries of like what people can expect from him, mm-hmm. um, which like reaches its peak with whole lot of red. But Dilet is like a really big production album in the sense that it has a lot of like A-list features. He has Skepta, he has Travis Scott, he Nicki has Minaj. Uh, Nicki Minaj, more Uzi. He's got Bryson Tiller, Young Thug, Gunna. Like he's like, he's yeah. really like kind of like tapping into the, 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 the hip hop A-list that he's now quickly becoming a part of. Mm-hmm, exactly. And it was one of the things that was interesting with that record was f- hearing how all these different artists would kind of come to like a Cardi song and uh, what they would bring to it. You know, like a, what it, what is Nicki, like when Cardi is kind of z- like zagging while everyone else is zigging, like what does it sound when like when Nicki Minaj or Bryson Tiller is on like a, uh, a Playboy Cardi song, mm-hmm. you know? And- I think generally his 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 style is not like, you know. I think after that first album, if you compare like the first album, which has Magnolia and Woke Up Like This, which sound like songs that would be played on rap radio. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. they're they're different, but they sound like they they fit in on rap radio. Mm-hmm. Uh, Die Lit has a lot fewer songs that sound like that. I feel like mm-hmm. the only one that really does sound like that is Shooter with like a uh, little Uzi Vert. Yeah, the rest don't really sound like that. Yeah, for like. Sure. And I think that, like, you know, something that stood out to me on this album, there's two songs. There's R.I.P., which was a single. Mm-hmm. And I feel like R.I.P., the connection between R.I.P. and Whole Lot of Red is pretty direct. You can mm-hmm. see that there. And I also really like Lean For Real with Skepta. Mm-hmm. Um, let's listen to a little bit of uh, Lean For Real, Playboy Cardi and Skepta. Lean for real. Yeah, so after, I feel like Die Lit, after Die Lit comes out, he's now at superstar status, basically. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You know, um, one, I mean, like, he he's kind of just actually almost reaches sort of like a me uh, how should i put this so yeah he re- after he sort of reaches super uh, sorry i'll, I'll start again yeah um so dialit sort of cements him into like firmly in like raps a list as like a, a real like superstar you know um he's he's along with Luz, little uzi vert he's kind of i feel like who's up next mm-hmm. after the in 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 a time when people like drake and Kanye are kind of on the way down, or even Future is sort of crested at, at this point a little bit. Yeah, and like, you know, just to compare the first album to the second album in terms of like sales, uh, Playboy Cardi, the self-titled, uh, debuted at number 12 on the Billboard uh, charts, and then Dial It uh, peaked at number three. Right. So you you can see the progression in him, and, and you see that the Future's kind of set up for him. If you think of like, even like the Travis Scott trajectory uh, of like, you know, you put out the first few projects, you kind of like start building up steam and then mm-hmm. you have like your big moments like with Birds in the Birds in the Trap mm-hmm. or Astral World, which is like Travis Scott's like peak so far. Yeah. And I mean, with Travis Scott, it only seems like there's only up for him to go, quite mm-hmm. frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like with Playboy Cardi is, is like getting to be in a similar place. Yeah. 
So, um, so then, like, it's not. It doesn't really take very long for people to be clamoring for the next project. Yeah, and part of this is that he starts playing uh, sort of noose material on the road that gets uploaded to YouTube and gets just widely disseminated. Yes, uh, songs like "No Stylist," mm-hmm. "Molly," and the most famous one is the unfortunately titled "Pissy Pamper." <laughs> Um, this is which, a strange title. It's a terrible title, and it, but it, it, which has there's an amazing, amazing like meme uh, video where it's like kind of like a, in the, an engineer in the studio recording. Yes, um, Young Nudie, who's the other rapper, uh, he's you know just kind of bopping along. The guy's like lip syncing, and it's like when you're babysitting in the record studio, in the recording studio, and then like the guy. Uh, I mean, I wish I could, I should, I wish we could credit this guy. I, I think, I think just, uh, go to YouTube and search, uh, Playboy Cardi or please, uh, pissy pamper, Playboy Cardi, pissy pamper, babysitting and the video will come up. Yes. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll say no, say no more. Yes. I, I, sh- I should also mention that, um, you know, these like leaks of these songs, or this is even before the leaks really start, but like mm. just these little snippets of these Playboy Cardi songs you know, send his fans into like a tizzy. Mm-hmm. There's one, there's actually one really funny video where Playboy Cardi is at a concert mm-hmm. and he starts performing one of these like unreleased songs mm-hmm. and the people in the crowd know the words and he's like, how do you guys know this song? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, Cardi, check the net, bro. Yeah, yeah. Your songs are all over these streets and people want more, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's like, the, the hype around it was just, you know, it was starting to build to such a, a kind of like insane degree. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's just because this is another thing I think like, you know, there, there is like Stan culture, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I would say that the, the Playboy Cardi's prime demographic um, outside of, uh, you know, people like us <laughs> is like mostly teenage boys, I yeah. would say. Yeah. Like, and it's teenage boys who are into like streetwear yeah. and fashion and, you know. Yeah, the, the, like the people who like both uh, are obsessed with Raph Simmons and uh you know still probably they have voice cracks you know like they're wearing like f- somehow wearing like two thousand dollar sweaters while yes. like you know never having had a job if you've seen the the hbo show that james and i talked about in the kid cuddy episode we are who we are yeah. it's like the the lead character in that yeah is a playboy cardi is fan. a playboy cardi fan he's yeah. like a, into high fashion and streetwear and yeah. like likes like weird music yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. um so yeah, th- these people are going crazy yeah. for Cardi. Like they're obsessive. They're getting like they're getting like really. It's as as time progresses throughout mm-hmm. 2018, 2019 bleeds into 2019. Um, and knowing that Cardi had started working on the album in late 2018, by 2019 people were like they're just like start getting like insistent. Like yo, when's Cardi gonna drop? Cardi should drop. Cardi should drop. Especially as these leaks start to get more popular, mm-hmm. um, or these snippets. But then there's also a glut of leaks. Yeah. Um. And a lot of artists have kind of faced this, and uh, I'm not sure what the source of the leaks are, mm-hmm. or like how like there'd be people that would like there there's there's private like servers, discords and whatnot, mm-hmm. where people who have leaked materials will offer to sell to like drop the leak for like they'll do like essentially an auction, wow. and people will pay up to thousands of dollars to hear this like leak from like Playboy Cardi or various other artists, Insane. and like Cardi was like one of the central figures of this kind of like economy, mm-hmm. which is bizarre. Yeah. Who wants to, why would you want to hear like a, a like a, a shitty version, like a, a, a version of a song that the artist hasn't even released, doesn't even really want you to hear. To me, that doesn't seem enticing. Yeah. I mean, I think I, the only place I can honestly see it is if you were DJing in a situation where that clout from having that could 
like probably, you know bring you some kind of profit i'm not sure what that is yeah but like i mean i know that there are djs that flex when they have a relationship with an artist and they play unreleased stuff by them yeah that's cool but that's like in if it's like in a semi-official capacity yes. i just mean like I mean, I just mean like going against an artist's wishes to yeah. like essentially illegally <laughs> listen to their music. I just don't, yeah. I don't see the appeal in it, but that's just right. me. Yeah, yeah. Um. So anyway, this really probably delays the album quite a bit, I think. Yeah. I think this, this, you know, an interesting thing I feel like where um, starting in like probably 1998, 1999, like albums getting leaked and bootlegged has been like a big problem in rap's history. Mm. And like, for me the most the biggest like i mean there's there's cases like with mop had had one uh ghostface had to re-record uh bulletproof wallets because that was all leaked and the sample they couldn't get the samples cleared wow the one the for me like my the sort of seminal experience of what waiting for an album and like getting leaked and that kind of messing with stuff is the carter three mm. the carter three leaks it's i the like little wayne album. the little wayne album it's like that for me the leaks are the some of the best music ever mm. recorded in rap for me i mean that's like with no hyperbole like my favorite little wayne songs most of them are leaks from the carter three wow and uh my which, which songs um songs like uh uh lala or kush or i feel like dying or prostitute flange yes those were all those were on the the leaks those were all leaks those are iconic iconic songs songs. honestly i I feel like dying on its own is like yes is like such an we were i was obsessed with that song in university me and my friends Um, unfortunately in a recent interview andrew barber did uh with uh cortez brian i think yes uh he revealed that the sample from i feel like dying they basically got sued in a way that little wayne can't even perform i feel like dying like yeah. i don't even know how that's even possible but like basically a lifetime settlement, band probably a settlement. yeah a settlement he said that like there's still because it's actually still one of little wayne's most popular songs uh they're still trying wow to like would, like but apparently the, years later, the person behind the song is like very religious yes. and doesn't like the the, little, dr- the yeah. drug and devil connotations yes yeah <laughs> hopefully they experience some serious financial hardship and money <laughs> I'm not gonna wish uh, ill on them. Yeah. Other than He's... financially, <laughs> which I think we can do in this climate. <laughs> oh man, I just, you know we'll we'll see what happens with that. Yeah. It's like it'll be it'll be sad because unfor- the unfortunate truth is that if a song is on you know it's still accessible, it's on YouTube, mm-hmm. and it's I'm sure you can get it from various like mixtape you know Dap websites, Dappiff, uh, LiveMixtapes.com, but. Unfor- the unfortunate truth of the world that we live in is that if something is not on streaming, it basically does not exist to the vast majority of the music listening. Hundred percent, you know. Percent. So I, you know, I actually think that Carter, th- my experience of listening to both Carter Three and Whole Lot of Red are, are quite similar. Interesting, because the expectations were sky high for both. Mm-hmm. You know, Carter Three obviously uh, is like one of the most successful albums in rap history. It sold a million hard copies first week in two thousand eight, mm-hmm. which is. Totally unprecedented and probably be the equivalent of like, I don't know, doing a billion streams now, you know, like yes. in your first week on an on album. Yes. Like, so it's not quite, you know, obvi- that Lil Wayne was the biggest star in rap at the time and Cardi isn't there. But in terms of where expectations were and how I felt as a listener upon my upon first listening to both of them after the quality of the leaks, uh, you know, 
that that those were that was very similar. Yes. One thing I wanted to mention before we get into the album because this really is kind of directly connected. But um, Playboy Cardi is like the toast of the high fashion world. Mm-hmm. It's kind of insane. I don't. I was I was curious because you you're very plugged in on this. But like just just to you know you know go over his credentials. He's really into high fashion. He's really into Raph Simmons. Um, he really likes Balmain as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's appeared as a model for a variety of different like high fashion brands and uh, streetwear brands as well. He was like in Kanye's uh, Easy Season Five mm-hmm. show. He's modeled for Louis Vuitton. Mm-hmm. He's done V Files. He was in the OVO Lookbook. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily high fashion, but you know fashion. Yeah. He's in a commercial for Nike. Mm-hmm. You know he, he and he's like you know he's like one of the people that's like on the you know the front the front seat you know the front of the red carpet or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the, the front, front of, seats along of the fashion uh, along the fashion. on the catwalk. Yes, catwalk. I'll let you say that again. Uh, yeah, somebody who's on he's the, the front. He he gets one of the prime like like front seats for the fashion shows like where like Anna Wintour and Naomi Campbell and like I don't know Obama <laughs> sit would sit if yeah. you ever went to a fashion show yes. you know it's like that's all that is like the clearest delineation of status in fashion yes um yeah I, I almost wonder um and before we, we get into the album, because like one of the executive producers of this album is Matthew Williams, who's a designer and he mm-hmm. works for Givenchy mm-hmm. and has his own line. Mm-hmm. Um, and but like I'm almost like I don't know, with the exception of ASAP Rocky, you can tell mm-hmm. me if I'm wrong about this. Has any other rapper been this accepted in the fashion world? Like obviously Kanye, Kanye, Kanye ASAP Rocky, ASAP like ASAP Rocky. That get I the- mean Nicki Minaj, Cardi okay. B. Yes, okay. Um, uh, otherwise, Migos a little bit. Mm-hmm. A little bit, not quite as much. Um, is there anyone else? I mean, Uzi, kind of, but not really, not as directly in the industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think probably not. No. So he's like in a in a, like a top tier. Top tier. You're there with Cardi B, Nicki Minaj, yes, Kanye, um, ASAP Rocky, uh, Kanye, like yeah. that. For somebody who's like a relatively new, I mean, he's been around for like five, six years, but like that's still that's pretty true. high praise for sure. You for know, sure. and for somebody, especially up until this album. Is a largely, I mean, his last album did make it to the top, you know, top three of the Billboard, you know, Hot 100. But even yeah. still, but even still, like that's pretty good for somebody who's still like a on the up, coming up artist. Yes. Yeah. So other than the parents of teenage boys, like it's not he's not like exactly like a household name. Yes. You know exactly right. Exactly right. Um. Um. So let's get into this album. Yeah. So this album, just off top, as we mentioned, is executive produced by Matthew Williams of Givenchy, which is just quite funny to me to have yeah. like a non-musical the fuck person. What's he doing? <laughs> it's very funny to me that it's like a, a non-music yeah, person. It's, is like also, a, it's like one of those things. I'm like, what is he doing there? What is his contribution? I think he's probably contributing the vibes, you know? Exactly. Like, And, and another executive producer of this album is Kanye West. Yes. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think that like, what was your first reaction to listening to this record? So this is to me this is this album is like something that is like uh it's the definition of like of the conflict, the inherent conflict in listening to music in 2021. Mm. Uh in terms of social media and right. how people talk about music, it's like you know, I think everyone is so used to listening to an album and being like classic or trash immediately yeah, from one listen. Sure. And you know, I'm not above it. I've done it you know, I've listened to albums and be like, this is incredible. And then later I'm like, it's not actually incredible. Yeah. Um, I, I once told a story on this, on this podcast, uh, but this is like a funny thing that happened to me about doing this exact thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, when Drake's album Scorpion came out, mm-hmm. 
I think it was like a it was a Friday, you know, it was a midnight drop, and I'm I, I was like I was with somebody like a friend, and we're like quite intoxicated, mm-hmm. and I listened to the album. And I listened to like the first like three to five songs, mm-hmm. and I was like, and I was like freaking out, right. you know, like I was like, oh my god, I think I, I think it's like I heard. Um, when I heard "Nonstop" yeah. the Drake song, which is, I think, one of my fa- it's probably my favorite Drake song, truthfully. Wow. Yeah, I was like, Drake is a fucking goat, bro. Like, right. no one can fuck with this guy. Yeah, like, yeah. this guy is lights out. He's been consistently lights out like all decade. And I like, I can't. Remember, I don't think I posted about it, but I was messaging a friend, mm-hmm. um, Brian Espiritu from Legends League. I messaged him on on Instagram. Uh, I don't. I think he maybe posted something in a story about it, and I just responded to it. And mm-hmm. I was like, "He's like, what do you think?" And I'm like, "This guy's a fucking legend, bro. Like, he's like, he's like, this right. is like a classic already, or right. something." I, like, I said some kind of hyperbolic statement. Yeah. And then I went to bed. The next day, I, I found the album was playing the entire time you were in bed. You woke <laughs> up; it still wasn't over. <laughs> yes, yeah, I basically when I woke up the next day, Brian uh, had posted on his Instagram like uh, something that he's like, or I can't remember if his story or it was in in his feed that was something like. Uh, you know, when man like Jordan is Joso says something is legit, you know is real. Yeah, and like he's like, and it was some, it was some, it, it was something about how it was like this is like incredible. He's a goat. He's yeah, like yeah, top yeah. five. You know, blah blah blah. Right. And like most people didn't super like that album. When I listened to it more, I didn't super like. It. I thought it's a good album, but it's not. It's not a. Cl- it does not a classic. Yeah, and it's got a lot of filler, filler tons of filler. Uh, nevertheless, so Brian posts this on his Instagram, and I was kind of like. I was like, Brian, like you're making me. I kind of wanted him to delete it, yeah, yeah. but I didn't really want to ask him to delete it. Yeah, yeah. And um, you know, another friend of another friend of ours who's a music critic commented on on his post and was something that was like, it just all it said was guys. Yeah. It was like <laughs> it was like she basically was like, can you motherfuckers relax a little bit? Yeah, yeah. And the funny thing is, Brian, uh, you know, Drake follows Brian, right? So um, there's a chance that he saw this. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, the point is, I just felt kind of embarrassed that I, it, it, you know, <laughs> got too excited. I got, I had a gut reaction to an album because yeah. I was excited. Also, I was intoxicated. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I was, you know, and um, it, it, it just like you know, it was one of those things that is like it pays to like maybe you know, give some time before you sh- publicly share your opinions. Yeah, you know, yeah. like. These these are the opinions that are probably for the group chat. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, all this to say, when whole lot of red dropped, uh, I would say the general reaction online, for the most part, by the mass vast majority of people, was was uh, disdain. Yes, there was a lot of funny lines like whole lot of skips. Yes, whole lot of mid, whole lot of trash. Yeah, a yeah. Lot of trash. Um, you know what? Actually, one thing we didn't mention, which you should mention because it's funny, is there's a rapper, a viral kind of joke rapper yes, by the yeah. name of Mario Judah, who has an incredible song called Die Very Rough, which I found to be just completely hilarious. Um, he's a big Playboy Cardi fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he kind of took the mantle as being the avatar for Playboy Cardi's fans who were the long-suffering Playboy Cardi fans. And by long-suffering, I mean, like, it's been two years since his last album, which is mm-hmm. a reasonable amount of time between music, between yes, albums. absolutely. But, uh, and he was, like, started pressure, publicly pressuring Playboy Cardi. And it's like, if Playboy Cardi does not drop uh, a whole lot of red, I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. He released a song that's in the style of a Playboy Cardi song called, I think it's called, uh, Bih, yeah. Right. And it sounds like Cardi, mm-hmm. like the Cardi, you know, the, the much-discussed Cardi baby voice. Yeah. Um, which we should talk about a bit. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, well, you know, we'll, we'll get into it. We'll get into but, uh, um, but yeah. So he's, he released a song in the style of Playboy Cardi that a lot of people really liked, mm-hmm. and it was also it was funny. It was like it had a lot of things going. It was novelty. Mm-hmm. It was um, it was funny. Mm-hmm. It was also pretty good. Yeah. Uh, in the style. Uh, should we listen to a bit of it? I guess. 
you don't seem you don't seem enthused. Yeah. It's 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 a minor detail. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, um, so I guess all this to say, this was like a, a demonstration of like the degree to which the Playboy Cardi fans are being unreasonable. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> in, it was almost it was almost like a, a Twenty Two Savage moment. Like, oh yes, that's right. <laughs> <Remember> that? <laughs> that's right. That's right. Anyway, so my initial reaction to the album was like, I thought it was like, I think also I like. As much as I try not to be, I am susceptible to being influenced by ver- like you know if everyone on Twitter is saying something about something, it it does seep its way into my brain, and it's almost like I listen to the song with a lens of like, is this bad? You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Like it's hard for me to like. This is why you know sometimes it just pays to like, especially when it comes to music or anything you might enjoy, movies, whatever, mm-hmm. to like listen to it or watch it without seeing what other people are saying about it. So you can formulate your own opinions and then go and check it. It's, it's virtually impossible to do that between the social media apps of Twitter and Facebook, Mm -hmm. um, TikTok and whatnot. But it's like, I don't know. Uh, it, it it behooves you to do. It's better. It's better. You're better off if you're the kind of person that, that feels if, if it if it affects you what other people think about something yes, <laughs> in that way. It probably, and it probably does. Yeah, most people. What was what was your initial reaction to the album? You know, as someone who was like a huge fan, like I was a little like perplexed by it. I would say at first, like just because it does have it kind of goes into this sort of rocky, uh, like rock and rolly, punky vibe vocally uh it's not a lot some of it isn't really as trappy especially towards the beginning of of the of the album Mm -hmm. um so i was kind of mixed on it at first but i also felt like something i believe that is like when you have when you're a fan of an artist and they make a new work that is different than their previous work and maybe you would beg to, to disagree that it's not a that this is actually different, that different than Dilid or the le- the leaks that came out before, because mm-hmm. uh, some of it isn't as different. Some of it is very much like that, and other parts aren't. I I think you as a fan owe the artist, if you really care about their work, to give it a chance mm-hmm. to like let it digest over a bit of time. You know, for example, when Frank Ocean dropped Blonde, I remember the first two, maybe three times I listened to it, I was like, eh, like it's okay, but is it channel? Is it channel orange? You know, like, mm-hmm. and then the fourth, by the fourth, fourth, fifth, hundredth time I listened to it, it's like now one of my favorite albums. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, I do feel like with there with how much hype there was, I can understand why there's some disappointment from people because he didn't give them what they were wanted. It's true. You know, they wanted they people wanted more of what was promised in those leaks which was more it was like he took the style of die lit and just and ratcheted it up instead of kind of diverging off which Mm -hmm. is what i think he did with with a whole lot of red that's interesting and i feel like a lot of those songs are gonna we're gonna get to hear them they're probably gonna be on the deluxe which should be released probably any week now Mm -hmm. um but yeah i think i i agree with that i will say that i my my initial reaction the the album starts with like a, a what something I think is a pretty incredible song, mm-hmm. um, and it's a great intro song. Mm-hmm. It's called "Rockstar Made," mm-hmm. and it is basically like a Red Bull IV drip. Right. It's like I was I was saying to uh, to in to James and some of our other friends, I was like, it makes me want to run through a brick wall at high speed. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like. It's like the rock influence in it is great. It's like mm-hmm. a you know, it's propulsive. It's like it's got energy, and even the way you know, Playboy Cardi's voice has evolved and the way that he uses it 
largely on this album. It's completely evolved from like what was the baby voice, which we'll talk about a little later. Mm-hmm. But it's like I like the rasp, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like it's you know one thing I was thinking about, and this is like comes up with a lot of the songs of the album is like. This is going to be insane to hear at a concert. Yeah. It'll blow your fucking mind. There's yeah. no way. There's no way. You know, I, I think about this one Brockhampton concert I went to when I was writing that profile for, of them. And I was standing at the side of the, at the, side of the stage uh, or like this the kind of elevated area. And it was at this concert venue called Rebel in Toronto, which like has like, it's like a 4,000 capacity. And there's like at the front of the stage, there's like a mass of people and like Throughout the Brockhampton show, people were moshing and stuff, and mm. you would just see security plucking out like these teens who were basically <laughs> fainted. Right. Just like so, if somebody would faint, essentially, mm. they would get passed up to the front. Mm-hmm. A security guard would take them out of the crowd and walk them, like, you know, probably to get some water and get them out of the crowd. Yeah. And this was happening throughout this Brockhampton show. Right. That's going to be quadrupled at a Playboy Cardi show yeah, with this yeah, album yeah. when we're able to do that again. You yeah. know, like, like these songs are like, you know, I mean, that's enough for me. Let's just listen to a little bit of Rockstar Made by Playboy Party. I'm in love with them drugs. I'm kissing the cup. She in love with a thug. I don't get no fuck. I won't stress about a bitch. That's not my slip. These niggas beefing over hoes, so I keep it up. Even when I'm at my fucking show, I keep one tough. Rockstar Made. Rockstar Made. I like the song off the bat, but I listened to the album and I also did have that a little bit of feeling of like confusion and maybe a little bit disappointment. Mm -hmm. And it felt like, and this is something with a lot of the songs is that like, you know, it's 24 songs, but the album is like an hour long. Mm -hmm. So they're really short songs. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, there is the, the impression on some of the songs because they're not, they completely reject any kind of formal structure to hip hop mm-hmm. in a lot of them. Yeah. Where there's some songs that sound like a collection of abandoned hooks. Mm-hmm. It's like, this could be the hook or this is the hook. And he just repeats like a certain expression like 10 times. Mm-hmm. And it can give off the feeling to some people of it not being an actual artful stylistic choice, mm-hmm. which it clearly is. Yes. You know, I think even myself included, when I first heard it, I'm like, Did this motherfucker just not finished the album. Yeah. I think also because Kanye was involved and remember the, the 2018 run of Kanye where yes. like albums were coming out, you know, you, they weren't certain, they weren't done. He's like, I'm taking it down and putting this other song back up. Yeah. You're like, what the fuck happened, motherfucker? Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, but I think that, I think with my first listen, my first few listens of the album, I kind of maybe got that feeling. Mm-hmm. But as I've continued to listen to it, I, I, I actually think this is kind of a classic album. I, yeah, it is, it is, it's, 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 it's you know, it's always weird to call something a classic when it comes out because mm-hmm. it's like it's time that really dictates that. Mm-hmm. But it's like you know, somebody I saw somebody on Twitter say that that this Cardi is this album is Cardi's Yeezus moment. Yes, and I absolutely agree with that. Yeah, it's another because like this is another divisive album, but it's because this is really pushing the like the the sounds and pushing pushing himself to kind of like communicate in a completely new way. Mm-hmm. It's very fresh. You know, for a lot of like the talk on Dilit and like what Playboy Cardi was known for and even a lot of his features like what he did on um, the Solange song Almeida or mm. on Earthquake with uh, Tyler the Creator mm. is this thing called like, the Cardi baby voice mm-hmm. and this is heavy in that song Pissy Pamper yes. that you were talking about one of the leaks and it's kind of like how would you describe Cardi's baby voice? It's like a high-pitched mumble whine. Yes, that's perfect. Very good, great economy of words as well. Thank you. Um, yeah, high-pitched mumble whine and on this album there's not really much baby voice. No, there's not that much. What his voice is kind of changed into is this kind of rasp. Yeah. It's like a, it's almost like a, 
it's a bit of a yelp. It's it's a bit of a shout. Mm-hmm. It's a bit of it's. There's a lot going on in it. Yeah, and I actually love it. Yeah, I think it really matches the production. It matches the aggression in the music. It matches the tone of the music. And I feel like you know this is complete conjecture, mm-hmm. but I feel like when you have someone like you know who knows what Matthew Williams' influence on the album is, mm-hmm. but I feel like when you look at the aesthetic of like a lot of the Playboy Cardi like fashion, you know they put out this merch line for this album. That is like fully demonic. Right, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I'm not even somebody who gets squeamish about like, you know, religious religious iconography used in like weird ways. But I saw it, it's like all upside down crosses and stuff. And I was like, dog, like anybody who, buy, if you buy this, like you're fully like committing to that 666 life, you yeah, know? There's definitely some uh, kids in like small Midwestern towns who are ordering that and then their parents are like sending them to Christian camp. Yeah. <laughs> their parents are yelling at them. It's like, have you heard of the West Memphis three? Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I feel like the aesthetic of the, of like Cardi's clothes and like the album design and all that stuff really matches the, the voice mm-hmm. on it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. There's some, there's some really standout songs on this, on this, on this uh, album. I feel like there, there's so it's 24 songs. Um, there's probably a few too many. There's probably like, I would say four to six songs too many. Mm-hmm. There are a few songs that kind of like don't really add anything for me. Yeah. But the songs that do stand out, uh, they're like, so he has his three features on the album and it, it, it's the fe- way he uses feature on this album on this album kind of reminds me of Travis Scott in a way. Mm-hmm. Sometimes where Travis Scott will use a feature more as like an aesthetic choice. Like we, like the most recent example is the MIA thing. Right. Cause she's, she does not rap well in the song no but it's not about how she does on the song it's more like the look right <laughs> of having her featured on it's the a song. bad way of looking at things in my opinion <laughs> i i i i tend to agree with you like i don't necessarily like it i don't like i for me one of the weakest parts of the album is the features that's i mean that's what i was gonna say like yeah. that is the weakest that's the weakest part of the album is yeah. the features the Kanye verse is so obtrusive of where it is i think it is part of the reason people don't like the album as much as it is because it comes so early it comes so early and it just is not it's sort of discordant like it doesn't blend in with the rest of the album similar with the kid cuddy's rapping like i think his like humming, humming is, is, great. is great but like some of his ad-libs sound like you know where he's like hey nobody feel like this it's like he sounds yeah. as bad as i do saying that you know <laughs> like kind of like it just he sounds he, he sounds awkward on it i think i totally agree but i think it's also like when you're an artist like playboy cardi making an album like this so much of it of like what you're selling is the tone of the album. Right. But. And like, and like the tone is damaged when other people can't match the exactly. energy that you're exactly. contributing to exactly. it. Exactly. And like, I feel like the Kanye verse, if you take it in isolation, if you took it outside of this album, yeah. it would probably be fine. It's a fine verse. It's a fine verse. Yeah. It's funny. It's like playful. It's yeah. the things you like from Kanye, but kind of shoehorned into this album early on when yeah. when the first song st- creates this incredible like fucking you know feeling and tone mm-hmm. it, it throws things off so the features are kanye west kid cuddy and future the future's organic he's, he's fine on it yeah i didn't really super love his verse it it's, felt kind of yeah like, the generic, but it doesn't like doesn't doesn't like, it isn't rub like it doesn't like it doesn't like stand out as that's a neg- anyway like frankly it's just there it's just there i think he's not his ad libs are good yes yes but i also once again i feel like these especially when you anytime an artist has an album that has a few only a few features yeah they're more they're trying to con- communicate something to you yes you know and yeah, i think yeah. it's like you know with with west with kanye future 
and Kid Cudi, what you have are like a constellation of stars who are significant in the genre in different ways. Mm-hmm. And they, I think it's an interest. It's just interesting to me, like what that what Cardi's trying to communicate by choosing those three as his features. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, as I said, like earlier, for me with Carter, th- when the Carter Three came out, um, I still listen to it a ton. I mean, I still some there's still some really great songs on it, uh, and at the same time, I was a little bit disappointed. Um, was like my sort of initial reaction, and that, and then I kind of came to just enjoy it for what it was. I think I've kind of had the same journey with this, where you know, again, I was like other people hoping it would be more of that, the what we heard in the leaks. And it's something else. And I, I honestly, I've been kind of thinking about lately how, like, you know, Spotify, I, I looked at my, I had my Spotify, like, wrap-up data, you know, the, the Spotify data dump. And, like, I barely listened to any records more than, like, two or three times last year. Hmm. Like, I listened to a ton of artists once, you know? I listened hmm. to, like, 1,300 new, like, different artists last year on my Spotify thing. And my most listened to song was, like, 13 times. Wow. You know? That's crazy. Yeah. And I was like, I just, my music habits have become so disposable. And I've just stopped, you know, I've not given my, I've not, like, purposefully, like, like, used to be when you would buy an album to get your money's worth. Even if you didn't like it, you'd listen to it a bunch of times. Yeah, yeah. You know? And then you would have a concept of albums that are growers versus albums that, you know, might, as you've kind of mentioned, woe you at first, but then you kind of they don't necessarily have staying power. Mm-hmm. And like, so I kind of force myself to be like, I'm, I'm going to listen to this album and, until I'm sure of what I think about it, mm-hmm. you know? And, and after, you know, a, a, like a couple of weeks of that or a week of that, I've, I'm like, no, this album is great. Although there, notwithstanding, there are some flaws. Yes. To it. I, I, I agree. Um, so, I mean, I think with Playboy Cardi, like a lot of artists of his ilk, the subject matter is pretty, pretty, uh, you can kind of, ex- you know what to expect. It's, it's like pretty unimportant. It's pretty unimportant. It's true. Uh, although I do think there are some, some songs with some really interesting stuff, substantive stuff. That's true. That's um, true. so, you know, a lot of it is talking about like his, his fashion connections. Yeah. This, this is another thing. Okay. This is another thing. Like when people talk about bars, yeah. sometimes to me, there are multiple, there are various definitions about when somebody has bars. Yeah. To me, there's obviously like, Traditionally, when people say bars, they mean like it's a it's lyrically tight or mm. sound or impressive or inventive. Right. They they make the words uh, sound good in a unique way, mm-hmm. you know, or they mm-hmm. phrase them in a unique way. But to me, another definition of bars is when someone is spitting verifiable facts, mm. and I really like that. And I feel like Cardi does that a lot on this album. That's true. Um, one of the best moments for me is on the song called "Me," mm-hmm. um, and he just when it starts off with him like kind of like flexing his like fashion connections he's like all this rick owens i get it for free you know yeah. and he's like all this bottega i get it for free mm-hmm. and he's like and he's like he says he has the next line is like something like he's like he's like and it's not, I, I, i'm not getting it's not because i'm cheap it's just that this is not even for sale right you know and i'm right, like yeah, this yeah. guy's spitting dog you know yeah, what i mean like, I'm like he's like he's like he's like saying these designers make clothes specifically for me that they don't even fucking sell yeah you know like that is a bar you yeah, know yeah, that's yeah. a flex yeah. you know like so I, I love that shit. And I love the song Me because it's just, to me, it's just like, it's some real impressive shit talking. Mm-hmm. And um, just like, and it, it just matched. This is like the quintessential song on the album for me, like one of them, where mm-hmm. it just like, this is the exact, this is the tone. It's two minutes long. It's fucking lights out, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So let's listen to a little bit of Me by Playboy Cardi. <laughs> We 
Okay, so there's this is there's this really great profile of uh, Playboy Cardi from the Fader in 2017. Uh, I think it's 2017, or maybe 2018, and it's when he was uh, living with uh, his ex girlfriend Iggy Azalea. They had a house in in the in Buckhead, um, and we'll talk. Maybe we'll talk about that. I mean, we could talk about it. I just really want to talk about what uh, how people reacted to it and how it like really kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Go ahead. Um, so I guess we'll I guess we'll talk about that before we even get into this profile or talk about the profile. But basically, what happened the day that this album was released is that Iggy Azalea started tweeting and went on uh, Instagram Live to talk about how Cardi, the Iggy Azalea and Playboy Cardi have a son. His name is Onyx, um, and I think it's like he's he's probably like one years old. He's like a young a young very like newborn fresh. Mm-hmm. And um, she was saying that during the that he, you know, I guess he had an album release party. Mm-hmm. Um and he had made plans to go home to visit Iggy Azalea and Onyx and then he like canceled last minute so she started kind of like airing him out and talking about how he's just hasn't been you know around for mm-hmm. this kid and all this stuff and you know I'm not even going to speak on that because I don't really like you know yeah not really your business it's, it's not my business but there was a lot of reaction to people to Iggy Azalea being like kind of like that's what you get and like <laughs> just being really like rude about it yeah. and stuff. And I was like, and I, I get that people have issues with Iggy Azalea for like whatever, like appropriation issues, like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But if you hear somebody, you know, with a with a newborn child, even if they're like a millionaire mm-hmm. and they're saying that, you know, the the, chi- the, co- the kid's father is not like acting cr- correctly and mm-hmm. it's like upsetting and your reaction is to be like, good for you. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? It's true. Like, seek therapy. Yeah. Like, find a way to like get your rage out. <laughs> like isn't this like toxic kind of behavior yeah it's just so bizarre to me that people were like saying that and like obviously there's so many other things at play in terms of like appropriation and like blah 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 but mm-hmm. i'm just like dude come off of it yeah, yeah. that's all i want to say about that because that okay. really bothered me good anyway in that profile uh there's a part where they talk about how playboy cardi is obsessed with vampire movies uh-huh. and he 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 really likes interview with the vampire and lost boys and he rewatches his movies like incessantly i find that very cute me too <laughs> it's pretty funny and the funny thing about it is that you feel the vampire energy on this song because he first of all coins a new nickname for himself which is king vamp yeah hilarious yeah and then he has a song called vamp anthem right you know and he has a song called king vamp so he's He's really buying into that vampire shit. I mean, he, there was like a, uh, you know. Also, one more thing. What? It's an illusion. Apparently, it's because he he stays up late. Yeah. Like you do. That's true. Uh, and he records a lot, like, you know, post 2 a.m., 4 a.m. kind of thing. Anyway, right. That's it. Uh, the, uh, there's a funny moment where, like, of, like, film Twitter meets Playboy Cardi world where um, in, in, like, a recent, I don't remember, I think it was a, I think it was an Instagram post of Cardi had where he's. Watch. He was with Kanye watching uh, the Werner Herzog remake of Nosferatu. So it's like a little bit of like a obscure art film. Like he's, it's like just funny to me that it's similar to myself where I've watched so much television. Like Playboy Cardi has like dug so deep in vampire movies <laughs> that he's watching like a West German remake of Nosferatu of nineteen seventy seven. Wow, <laughs> you know, like wow. like that's some. Tr- but on the other hand, great vampire movies. So you know, shout outs to to whoever put that on at the ranch. <laughs> I know why. That is very cool. Yeah. Um. So there's another. There's another talking about like the fact that there's like you know, subs the substance in this album in terms mm-hmm. of like the subject matter. Uh, there's a song uh, where Cardi talks about his his brother 
mm-hmm. that I really enjoy. I really like that too. Me too. It's called Die for Guy. Mm-hmm. And it's just about his loyalty to his friends and how he was influenced by his older brother. You know, he wanted to be his older brother, basically. Mm-hmm. And he also outs his brother as a former drug dealer. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> well, you know. Uh, sure, the people that knew him. Yes, knew, that's right. You know. That's right. It's just, it's just funny because I was reading the comments on the YouTube. Yeah. And it's like, because I think the... The lyric is like, I wanted to be like my older brother. He was selling drugs. And then it's a quote from Reggie. Just like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> so let's, let's listen to a little bit of uh, Die for God by Playboy Cardi. This one's for the ride dice. I can't do no Instagram no more. All the odds looking for me. My brother say, Cardi, what you tweaking for? You got a whole army run. My favorite songs, uh, New Neon, is sort of in the style of like the Cardi leaks. Mm-hmm. I would say that people, the, the Cardi that people know and love, you know, s- similar as uh, song Slayer. Yes, this is uh, this Slayer is a song with the most immediate commercial potential. Yeah, um, you know, I, I for me, like I'm I, yeah, I'm kind of curious to see because it hasn't done huge numbers. This nope. album, this album, it has. Has it? I mean, well, it sold uh, like over 100,000 copies in the first week and it that's, debuted at number 1. That's true, but since then I I think the sales have gone down. It hasn't it hasn't usually in my experience when a record like this of this magnitude drops, there's one or two songs that kind of take off and will have 20, uh-huh. 30 million views 2 weeks in. Yes, that's true true usually i would say and I, that hasn't really happened i think the, i think the, one of the issues is that the lead single they chose is metamorphosis yes which, which is, is not really one of the best songs it's and it's too long yeah and and cuddy's you know cuddy's verse isn't great it's yeah. like the video is pretty impressive i like the video mm-hmm. just aesthetically like mm-hmm. he um but like it doesn't really work as a single in my opinion yeah. but one thing i re- i did like uh so he has this one song which is really interesting especially in a relationship context is called control mm-hmm. and it opens with a dj academic sample uh sample Ugh, it's such a good sample it's like incredible sample it's so funny i saw so many people like being like cuddy's out here or sorry i saw so many people saying that cardi's out here uh using an academic sample like it's lewis farrakhan <laughs> <laughs> which is funny like to be yeah. like profound yeah yeah but the what academic says is, is really incredible it's just like the kind of thing that should be sampled on your album yes you absolutely. know it really sets it up and the song control, oh, I think, is actually so quite beautiful. Good. It's quite so good. beautiful. Just even the way the way they the, the the beat comes in and everything on that is perfect to me. Yeah, it do, it does, and I think it's also like talking about like this is another thing about this album and Cardi in general in terms of like bars and spitting facts is mm-hmm. like everything you see from Playboy Cardi from the fashion like that being in the you know he's an A list person in the fashion world. Yeah, period. Yeah, yeah. you know. He's palling around with Kanye West. Like, there's there's no one who won't accept a phone call from Playboy Cardi at this point. He's like one of the most relevant rappers that, that alive, mm-hmm. and he uh, and he's not even like super active on social media. He's mm-hmm. just like he's got that allure. He's got the air of mystery. He's got like all of the things in a persona that any artist would kill for. Mm-hmm. And a theme throughout this album is that he's like he's like I'm really living this rock star life. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I'm really. And, you know, 
I feel like sometimes that can, that can you know go wrong, mm-hmm. you know. But he, you know, even okay. Another thing in the song "Stop," he has a song called "Stop Breathing," which mm-hmm. is like a, an allusion to a Gucci Mane song called uh, "Shirt Off." Mm-hmm. And um, in the in the song, he's like dissing these guys who killed one of his friends, like by name. Wow! Like there's this one rapper named Ola Runt who was like in prison. And he's like he's like and he says he's like I had somebody shank this guy for a pie in prison. <sighs> like he says this guy by name. Wow! And like, I mean, like I you know whatever sticking up for your friends is whatever i'm not gonna pass judgment on that but i'm like man like that's such dangerous shit you're talking about you know like it's like you know you don't you don't you don't want anything to happen to playboy cardi and you know like it's like but he's like kind of like putting out that energy that the kind of violent energy that sometimes attracts that kind of violence you know and i feel like anyway all this to say the song control is is about him talking about how he's like listen like he's talking like kind of to this woman he's in a relationship with he's like He's like, you're special to me, but mm-hmm. I just can't be who you want me to be because I'm fucking living this rock star lifestyle, yeah, you know? Yeah. And I don't know. It's it's There's still some tenderness in what he says and how yeah, he says yeah. it, but it's just interesting to me that, like, you know, coming from, like, a, the song Rockstar Made, you, you know that he looks, and the way he dresses, he looks at himself like a rock star, mm-hmm. and he's really living that kind of, like, you know, uh, <laughs> that... That lifestyle, that mm-hmm. that you know, that rock star like '80s excess yeah. lifestyle, um, with a new like kind of like Atlanta trap spin on it. But anyway, let's listen to a little bit of uh, of Control by Playboy Cardi. to say for me this album like upon uh, you know to your point about like not listening to songs over and over again i've been doing that a lot more lately Mm -hmm. in this like kind of covid quarantine era just at home alone i mean another thing i feel like about this album is like it's important to me if you're gonna listen to this album i think it really helps to not maybe like not be doing anything else yeah have headphones on Mm mm-hmm and it really helps if you like live by yourself or you can be in your or you have your own room you can be in because mm. I feel like this album like lends itself best to listening where you're you can focus on it. Yeah, yeah. Because like that's when you'll pick up on all the different like stylistic things. Like there's one song um that there's like a 30 second stretch of the song that he just has this one ad lib and he's just like what? What? What behind every word? And it's mm. like it's fucking insane. It's mm-hmm. it sounds like a punk song, like yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, at this one moment. But it's just like the same ad lib for like thirty seconds straight, mm-hmm. and it's like I don't know. It, it just really increases your heart rate, and it's like that's not something you can necessarily hear if you're kind of skimming through an album and you're like, you know, like. And it's like I think so much of what people do when they listen these days is it is it's like they have their expectations of what they want from it, like they want the candy basically they mm-hmm. want like the the hooks they want the stuff that's just that gel easy, easy, easily quotable easily quotable easily just yeah like you can just kind of hear it be like yeah that's good move on yes and you know on the other hand if an artist doesn't evolve they die like i mean there are very very few artists 
that can kind of just remake the same thing over and over and over and over through their career and people don't get tired of it. It's true. You know? It's true. I, I've listened to this album probably more than any other album I've listened to in the past. I mean, I could probably check up check my numbers, but I, I feel like it's I, this is one of the most listened to albums I've had in, in quite some time where yeah, I just could played the whole thing over and over again. Mm-hmm. Certain songs just on infinite repeat for a very long time. I do time. skip, I will be honest, uh, the Kanye song. I, me too, me yeah. too. And the funny thing is when I first heard the album, I kind of liked the Kanye song. Yeah. Like, because I was like, it, w- it was all those things you were just talking about. Mm-hmm. It was like, there was quotables. It was easily like, you know, it was easy to digest. It like, mm-hmm. it felt like a major label album song. Mm-hmm. But now when I'm just really trying to catch capture that tone that's in the songs like Rocks Are Made or Stop Breathing mm-hmm. or Me, it's like it really just kind of like ruins the vibe. Yeah. I feel like every non-Cardi voice on this album kind of takes away from the vibe. You I know? agree. Anyway, all this to say, I've listened to this album quite a bit, and I am strongly in favor of it. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's some people that I know that like it's a very divisive album, including even amongst his fans. Mm-hmm. Um, and I understand why some people might not like it. But there's also a feeling of me to me. If you're the kind of person who who like who likes bars mm-hmm. and you don't like this album, that makes sense to me, and I'm yeah. fine with that. But if you're the kind of person who just is a general music fan, yeah. and you like people pushing the limits, you like people trying something new, you like people being experimental, it's almost like if you don't like this album, it's almost like I can't, I feel like I don't really trust your opinion. <laughs> wow, <laughs> that's how strongly I feel about that's it. That's great, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, that's not to say that if, if you're a listener and you listen to this album and it's not your cup of tea that, you know, I think that you're a bad person or an idiot or you have bad taste. I don't think that at all. It's just like for my taste of like what I want out of music, this is exactly what it is. Yeah, I I, I definitely respect that. I mean, I think, um, yeah, I, I will say I do think Playboy Cardi General, I can, as someone who really likes him a lot, is one of my favorite artists, uh, current artists, I think he is kind of like sweet and savory you know it's like not for everybody as far as his like flavor profile goes you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah. some people don't some people like pineapple on pizza some people don't like true, pineapple on true, pizza. True, you know what i mean true. and he is definitely pineapple on pizza <laughs> you know wow, what i mean that's incredible that's a great place to end up. i'm just saying that's i'm just saying so I, if you don't like pineapple on pizza and you've tried it it's not for you that's fine but if you haven't tried it Maybe give it a shot. Yeah. I, I feel like this is this is an album. You know, we said this about the Rico Nasty album, that it's almost like no matter where you stand on it, it's worth a listen. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'd go as far as to say that about Playboy Cardi. Yeah. I don't know if I'd go... Because, like, you know, I think that, you know, just in terms of, like... I don't know. There's, there's like, you know, some misogyny and stuff like that. <laughs> there's, like, certain, yeah, yeah, certain yeah, yeah. things that are... And it's, like, a pretty... You know, there's certain things that, like, I feel like, you know, I can understand why somebody wouldn't want to listen to it. Mm-hmm. But I feel like if you are if you want to hear some experimental, like, or like, creative... Well, I think it is experimental. You know, I think that there's this notion that, like, the avant-garde is strictly in the non-commercial sector of, of music. Uh-huh. And to me, this is absolutely experimental, pushing the boundaries of what hip-hop can be. I agree. I agree. And I love it. Well, that was another another episode of Catch Up. That was, that was Catch Up for this episode. Um, once again, we just want to shout out and thank uh, the team that helps us make this 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 show. Yep. That's uh, Kyle, our producer. Corey, our, our intrepid researcher. Also, there's one thing that Corey put in the research that I thought was really funny uh, about Playboy Cardi. And it's like about the Playboy, Playboy Cardi, like tweets and writes like captions and he said that he like he writes and tweets like a like a 2006 msn status it's true and you know i i was looking at our numbers recently the majority of our listeners are in the u.s yeah so i don't know if, i know msn wasn't really boom in there i know you guys AIM. were using aim yeah aol instant messenger but for all the canadians and probably international people who use msn you know about those msn statuses oh yeah um 
anyway, so thank you to Corey uh, for that for giving me that hearty laugh. Yeah. Um, thank you to Caleb for doing our music. Thank you to you for listening once again. Please uh, support us on Patreon. Like, show some love to us. Show us that you want us to keep to keep growing and going because we we you know if you if you have the means to do so, um, there's various tiers. We'll make you some playlists. Uh, you'll become friends. Maybe one day, maybe one day we'll invite you to like Christmas dinner when we're able to do that or something like that. Wow. I mean, that's, that's far down the line, but I'm just trying, I'm trying to shoot big. Yeah. We, yeah. You know, so I noticed you mentioned the holiday that's farthest away though. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, we need them vaccines to be hit. It's true. It's true. Let's uh, be realistic. Yeah. So anyway, uh, show us some love on Instagram. If you're not following us it's at catch up podcast, um, and give us a review on, 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 on the iTunes store. Yeah. Like that would be greatly appreciated. And even, uh, you know, even, uh, even just posting, uh, that you're listening on your, and, and, and tagging us on your Instagram stories. Yeah. That's great. We love that. Yeah. And Keep you know, that. tag uh, at catch up podcast and also tag us personally yeah. at Jordan is Joso is my Instagram yeah. handle at, at rattlebone at, at rattlebone is James's. Um, it's, it's, it's nice. We appreciate the support and also whatever, if you, if you don't want to do any of that, just like hit us with a DM and send us some love. It's pretty funny. Like, I feel like it's like, we look at the numbers every week and see how we're doing and we ha- we have a lot of listeners, but it's like, if somebody doesn't tell you to listen to the podcast, you don't know. Like yes. I talked to somebody recently who was like, Hey, I, I like the podcast. And I was like, Oh, I had no idea you listened. Yeah, you know, yeah. like, so I, I one thing I'll say is, uh, if I, if you send me a message and we're not, I'm not, we're not following each other. And I don't respond immediately. It's not because I'm like vetting my messages. It's because I'm not really, I don't, I'm not like a really heavy Instagram user. And frankly, so many of my like requests are like spam being like, do you, do you love this big lip ladies or something like that? You know what I mean? Yeah. We'll talk about that off here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, but I mean, you, you must get some spam. You yeah. I do, I, I, yeah. In the other, but I do check my others, my other box all the time. Oh, that's good. I mean, I'm just like, Super on social media. Yeah, yeah, fair. It's, fair, a, fair. it's a problem. Anyway, um, thank yeah. you guys so much for listening. We hope that you and your family and friends are safe. Yes. And that uh, you continue to follow the respective COVID-19 guidelines in your in your region. And if, the, uh, if they're too loose in your region, find guidelines from a region where they're, they're hard. They're a little harsh. <laughs> you know? If you can. I mean, if I know can. a lot of people got to work. They're... Well, this isn't a COVID podcast. Just take care of yourself. Yes, that's a better way of putting it. Okay, thank you guys so much. Have a nice week.